Rise Up Theme Song Take 7. Answering the difficult and critical questions youth may face that relate to Mormon culture and teachings. This is the Rise Up Podcast, produced by Fair Mormon. This episode of Rise Up, Blake talks about a question that people often ask, why do bad things happen? He talks about agency, the plan of salvation, and what it means to be faithful through trials. In 1998, I was on my mission in the Oregon-Eugene mission field, one of the best missions in the entire world, and I know I'm a little biased, but it was a great experience. While there, during the month of May, I um, was not serving in the town of Springfield, Oregon, but I was nearby when a young man went into his high school in Thurston High School and began shooting uh, high school students. And that's not a unique situation anymore, unfortunately. We see that happen far too often. And um, as my companion and I would go knocking door to door, we had many people say to us, why in the world would God allow that type of horrible thing to happen to innocent people? Why didn't God stop that young man from shooting in his high school? And I didn't have a good answer, and neither did my companion. Just a few months later, we were involved in another uh, tragic situation when Uh, Four young men who were involved in the the ward that I served in in a very small town there in Oregon were, three of them were killed in a car accident and the fourth survived and was in a wheelchair for a while. And again, instead of non-members and people on the street asking us these questions, we were in our wards and in members' homes And people would ask us again as missionaries, 19-year-old men, young men, why did the Lord allow things like this to happen? Why were these three men taken from their, their families who loved them so much? It was a devastating experience. And it was very hard. Another situation I can think of was when my wife and I were very um, newly married. And in 2001, of September 11th, when many remember this and know the situation, uh, we stood and watched the TV and watched as the second plane flew into the uh, Twin Towers. And we watched with absolute disbelief as the uh, Twin Towers, the Trade Centers, came crumbling down. And with the entire world asked the question, why do these types of things happen? Why did Heavenly Father allow this to happen? Today I want to talk about a few things uh, regarding this type of subject. Most specifically, why do bad things happen to good people? Now there's a lot of, a lot of great articles and great things you can read on this, and my hope is to just um, give you a little idea of, of how much I know the Lord loves us. And that when things happen of this nature, it is not because he has abandoned us. 
It is not because he is mad at us or punishing us, but that it is because we are here to learn. And the one thing that the Lord will never take away from us is our free agency. It is so vitally important to the plan of salvation that we keep our free agency. In the book of Abraham, we read and learn how the plan was kind of set up. Um, We understand how the Lord um, talked about the types of people he was sending to this earth. In Abraham chapter 3, verse 22, it says, Now the Lord had shown unto me, Abraham, the intelligences that were organized before the world was. And among all these, were there were many of the noble and great ones. I believe that's us. That's many of us. Those who chose to follow Christ and follow our Heavenly Father's plan to come to earth. Now in verse 23, it says, And God saw these souls that they were good, and he stood in the midst of them. And he said, These I will make my rulers. For he stood among those that were spirits, and he saw that they were good. And he said unto me, Abraham, thou art one of them. Thou wast chosen before thou wast born. Now here's the verse that's very key. And there stood one among them that was like unto God. And he said unto those who were with him, We will go down, for there is space there. And we will take of these materials, and we will make an earth whereon these may dwell. And we will prove them herewith. Key word being prove them to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. Verse 25, very interesting. We will prove them herewith. We were sent to this earth to be proved, to be tried, to prove, as the Lord says there, to see if we will follow the commandments and follow the pathway of righteousness. These are my words, and I believe that the Lord is asking us to prove to him and to his Father that we will follow him regardless of any other distraction, regardless of bad things that happen in the world, regardless of weakness, regardless of any number of things that take place. Now, many of us deal with bad home situations, Many of us have parents who are divorcing or divorced. Many of us maybe are in abusive relationships. And we ask our Father in heaven, why are these things happening to me? In November, or actually it's in the November 2009 Enzyme, but it was in the October 2009 General Conference. Elder Whitney Clayton says that in general, our burdens come from three sources. And I quote, some burdens are the natural product of the conditions of the world in which we live. Illness, physical disability, hurricanes, and earthquakes come from time to time through no fault of our own, end quote. So, most of, many of, I should say, the bad things that happen to people come on, in a way that we have no control, none. It's just how things are. The second way he says, and I quote, other burdens are imposed on us by the misconduct of others. Abuse and addictions can make home anything but a heaven on earth for innocent family members. Sin, incorrect traditions, 
repressions, and crimes scatter burdened victims all along the pathways of life, end quote. So the second one has to do with people misusing their free agency. That is the one thing the Lord will never take from us is our free agency. And when people misuse their free agency, it often hurts other people. Now, the third thing that Elder Clayton explains, I quote, Our own mistakes and shortcomings produce many of our problems and can place heavy burdens on our own shoulders. The most onerous burden we impose upon ourselves is the burden of sin. We have all known the remorse and pain which inevitably follow our failure to keep the commandments. Now, just so we're clear, two-thirds of the things that happen to us have nothing to do with our own choices. Many of us sit in situations like that, like much like Joseph in section 121, where he says, O God, where art thou? And where is thy pavilion that covereth thy hiding place? How long shall thy hand be stayed, and thine eye, yea, thy pure eye, behold from the eternal heavens the wrongs of thy people and of thy servants, and thine ear be penetrated with their cries? Many of us have sat in our homes or sat in situations or sat next to hospital beds or any number of times have said, O God, where art thou? Much like the prophet Joseph Smith. And much like the prophet Joseph Smith, who in section 121 was in the most ironically named prison, Liberty Jail, sitting there, no fault of his own, but because of the conduct and misdeeds, as Elder Clayton says, of others. In that list that Elder Clayton gives us, two-thirds of what takes place we cannot control. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that so much of that is out of our control and has nothing to do with our poor choices. In fact, Elder Holland said, in referring to Joseph Smith's uh, plea in section 121, He gave a talk at CES Fireside in 2008 entitled Lessons from Liberty Jail. He explains this. That is that everyone, including and perhaps especially the righteous, will be called upon to face trying times. Furthermore, we note that not only has the Savior suffered, in his case entirely innocently, but also so have most of the prophets and other great men and women recorded in the scriptures. Name an Old Testament or Book of Mormon prophet. Name a New Testament apostle. Name virtually any of the leaders in any dispensation, including our own, and you name someone who's had trouble. My point, if you're having a bad day, you've got a lot of company. Very, very good company. I mean the best company that has ever lived. Now, don't misunderstand. We don't have to look for sorrow. We don't have to seek to be martyrs. Trouble has a way of finding us even without our looking for it. But when it is obvious that a little time in Liberty Jail waits before you, spiritually speaking, remember these first two truths taught to Joseph in that prison temple. First, 
God has not forgotten you. And second, the Savior has been where you've been, allowing him to provide for your deliverance and your comfort. That deliverance and that comfort is what we need to look for. Often in times of trial and struggle, when, like Joseph, we say, where are you? We need to start looking. We need to look to see where he is. Do you remember the famous poem of the footprints in the sand where the poet says as he looked down the, the uh, beach of life and he saw two footprints, one was the Lord's and one was his. And then he mentions to the Savior, how come every time I go through a, an extremely hard trial, there's only one set of footprints? Why would you leave me at such horrible times? And of course, I'm paraphrasing, but the Lord says to him in the poem, that is not when I left you, it's when I carried you. I think it's ironic that in the poem and it's in so many people's walls and we think of all these things, often we forget that the Lord is there carrying us and he is beside us. Once Joseph finished saying those words to, in prayer, where art thou? The first thing that he heard was the word peace. In section 136, the Lord tells Brigham Young and all the saints as they are traveling west to Utah, he says, my people, section 136, verse 31, he says, my people must be tried in all things. And in 1 Corinthians 10, it seems almost to be a contradiction. Verse 13 says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are, above that you are able. And we often end that verse right there, but we forget to continue reading and it says, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. He's not going to leave us comfortless. He's not going to leave us alone. He is going to provide a way for us to escape. When the Lord told the saints that he wants a people tried in all things, it means we have work to do here on this earth. There is nothing about this life that is going to be easy. However, Lehi taught his children, man is that they might have joy. The Savior has said he will not leave us comfortless. This life is not about trials, but it is about showing our Heavenly Father that we choose Him above all other distractions. And sometimes as we start to point at ourselves and say, we're not good enough, we have sinned, we make mistakes, and look how weak we are, sometimes we use that as evidence that we just aren't making it in this life. Elder Hafen has a better way to look at it. He said this in his devotional at BYU in 2008, entitled A Disciple's Journey. As we feel the pull and the power of Christ's love, we anticipate the joy of his promise. He said, be faithful and diligent, and I will encircle thee in the arms of my love. He reflected that affection in the way he addressed Joseph Smith. During Joseph's early years, Christ called him my servant, Joseph. But as Joseph's life took paths marked by consecration and hardship, the Lord said, From henceforth I shall call you my friends. 
What's the difference between a servant and a friend? The Lord had earlier said that a servant doesn't know what his Lord does. But, he said, I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. So the Lord's friends feel his increased confidence in them, but they also discover, paradoxically, that his tutorial asks more of them, not less. Is it possible that the closer we come to Christ, the more aware we'll be of what we yet need to do? Yes, for he said, If men come unto me, I will show them their weakness. And if they humble themselves before me, then I will make weak things become strong unto them. So if we're becoming more aware of our weaknesses, that doesn't mean we're drifting away from him. It may well mean we're drawing closer. Like a good coach, a good tutor, will always help his students see their mistakes and correct them. When we understand that, correction is motivating, not discouraging. For because of the Atonement, we can learn from our mistakes without being condemned by them. Now, my friends, I would like to leave you with the statement the Lord left, uh, started his statement with Joseph. He says, My son, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine afflictions shall be but a small moment. And then, if thou endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high. Thou shalt triumph over all thy foes. Please remember that bad things happening in our lives are not evidence that God has left us. But as we triumph over them and we seek his help to get through them, and then we look for and identify his hand in our lives, we will be able to find that peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rise Up. This has been a production of Fair Mormon. This and other podcasts are available at fairmormon.org. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of Fair Mormon or The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Please subscribe to our show in iTunes under the name Mormon Faircast. Questions or comments can be posted at blog.fairmormon.org in conjunction with this episode. Tune in each week for another episode of Rise Up. Thank you for listening.